Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is Dave Caperton. Dave is a speaker. He's an author. He's an influencer. He's a spreader of positivity. And I am excited to welcome you, Dave, to Live on Purpose Radio. Welcome. Well, thank you, Dr. Paul. It is exciting to be with you on uh, on your podcast. You know, there's a couple of things that caught my attention about you. Your business is called Speaking of Joy. Right. And I know you use humor to to bring about healing. That there's there's something about being joyful and happy and and smiling and having some fun. There's something about that that is absolutely powerful when it comes to to doing what we promote on this show, which is living on purpose. Yeah, so, I, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, I think sometimes humor is, uh, uh, it's, it's the overlooked uh, tool that we have to uh, get us back to that default mode of joy that we want to be in. I think all of us want to have happiness and joy in what we do. I don't think anybody's like, you know what, I don't have enough misery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's we have this idea that it's only for those people who are they're made that way, right? And yeah. so my uh, philosophy, because it's what's worked for me in my life, is that joy can be a lifestyle. That it's something that uh, we can choose in how we explain our adversity to ourselves. Uh, you talked about in your portable positivity book. I love that. Uh, you know when you are in your evaluation mode and then you're in right. your creation mode. I love that uh, because uh, those are conversations we have with ourselves that create our experience. But I also think that humor is one of those things that sometimes we don't really give it its due. How important is it that we're able, that we have this ability? I mean, when you think about it, um, the sense of humor came along pretty late in human development, right? Um, mm. and so why is it something that we share? I mean, I, 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 it may be one of the few things that really separate us from all the other life forms on earth. Um, I, I read some research one time. They said, well, you know, uh, great apes, gorillas, they mm-hmm. have some sense of humor and can, can laugh, but I've been to the zoo and I've given them some of my best material, not even a spot. Right, no response <laughs> at all. <laughs> I had five killer minutes on bananas. If you can't please them with that, just forget. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, as I get older, I I find that humor is it was always fun. It was always fun. But I think when we're younger, it's a way of enjoying our uh, our lives. We we socialize through humor. We connect with humor. We, uh, we seek out uh, opportunities to laugh. But I think what was at one time, it's almost like God gave us this thing and said, here's this toy, right? But later you're going to find out it's not a toy. 
it's a tool because it's very tough as we get older to stay in that positive lane. Um, and just getting older is stressful enough. Uh, I, you know, every day that I get up, uh, it's like a little surprise part. You know, <laughs> my yeah. buddy says, uh, get up. I have a surprise for you. And it's like, wow, I can't get out of bed. And he goes, surprise. You know, <laughs> 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 you know so our body changes Our we, we realize there is a period of decline that once we get past a certain age. And that's a that's a challenge to our positivity. Mm. But humor allows us that ability to twist it, to play with it. Um, you know, Charlie Chaplin yes. once said, he said uh, if you want to truly laugh, you got to be able to take your pain and play with it. And I think that's what humor allows us to do. It takes the pain and allows us to be playful with it. And that helps us cope with the uh, inevitable challenges to our joy. You know, as you're describing this, Dave, I'm thinking about a common phrase that we've all heard. Uh, well, you got to either laugh or cry. Yes. And you've heard that before. And I think there's some truth to that because pain is inevitable. Yes. In fact, Tim Hansel said that in his book, You've Got to Keep Dancing. Yeah. He said, pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. Absolutely. That's it. It's just the way that you frame it. Uh, and I think sometimes the choice is, and this is what happens when you develop uh, your sense of humor. And by the way, uh, it's just a tool. You know, you talk about in, in, uh, in your book um, that there are tools that can make us positively productive and there are tools that can become dangerously destructive. And humor can fall into either category. Uh, it can be positively productive. Yeah. It can be dangerously destructive. I did stand up for a number of years and I met uh, many comedians uh, who really didn't need a mic. They needed... Uh, they needed someone like you, you know, they needed therapy uh, because they were really working out their pain on stage. And it was really just a way to kind of assuage the pain uh, for a while. Right. Yeah. Um, so the humor itself is not a good or bad thing. It's just a thing. And we can use it yeah. in a way that, can, that, that destroys relationships. It ridicules, it belittles, uh, it isolates others. Or we can use it in a way that builds bridges, it connects, it allows other people to laugh at us, with us. And uh, when we use it that way, it relieves stress, it builds trust, uh, and it makes connections. So I think it's a really powerful tool when we take the time to learn how to use it skillfully and compassionately. Well, that's the key, right? Any tool. I'm thinking about a news story from, this was years ago in a little... Uh, kind of a rough neighborhood where we lived, where someone was killed, there was a murder, and the murder weapon was actually a tool, mm -hmm. a construction tool. Right. Well, that's not what it's for, right? <laughs> but, it, but like you said, it can be used that way, and it takes a little bit of training and practice, perhaps, to use tools appropriately. I'm also yeah. kind of thinking about what you said earlier, about uh, here's this toy, right? Humor, right. it's it's just kind of a little added bonus to make you smile. Here's a little toy 
to play with. But then you shifted that over to this is not a toy. This is a tool. Right. And I, th- I think we take ourselves far too seriously. Right. That's the, and that's dangerous. We have to begin, isn't it? You know, our, how seriously we take ourselves. Because when you really think of when I think about all the misery in the world, um, it is and all the evil in the world. Somebody asked, you know, we've heard that old adage, uh, uh, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. No, it's not at all. Um, Selfishness is the root of all evil. Every evil I can think of in the world is about being self-centered, about concerned with my own appetites, with my own desires, with me Mm -hmm. first. And it doesn't matter who I hurt. It doesn't matter who I take from. It matters because I am a... I'm in the meaniverse, right? I'm the center of the meaniverse. It's just, I'm the only one here, population one. And that's not a good place to be, right? Um, so mm. what, you know, what, what we, where we can start is uh, to get ourselves out of the way. Humor allows us to play uh, with our pain and then take our own suffering and use it to you know, sometimes our discomfort, our embarrassment, and use it to make other people laugh, right? And we invite them in. And it not yes. only does it make them laugh, it assuages our pain as well. It somehow mitigates that, you know? And suddenly we turn pain into something that's positive. Um, you know, and you, like you said- Interesting. Cool. I go, when I go to Home Depot, I always feel like they ought to give you uh, kind of a tool Rorschach test when you walk in that you have to pass and they show you a radial arm saw, right? And if you see a new deck, come on in, you're welcome here. If you see, as I do, a high-speed amputation device, this place is not for you. <laughs> this is not your place. Oh, a professional who knows how to use these tools, right? <laughs> <laughs> the- the proper operation of the equipment. This is, you know, this is something I get into in terms of our mind because such a, it's such a powerful tool. And you referred earlier to, uh, I, I'm, I'm almost picturing narratives that are playing out in our mind, right? The stories right. that we have about whatever it is. Yeah. And as you invited us to consider a new option here, play with our pain. Wait. Can you do that? But I think about some of the most humorous, funny presentations that I've heard. And, and it does just that. In fact, that's part of what drives humor is finding a pain point or a common shared experience that people are not too thrilled about and playing with it. I'm, I'm thinking about one of our colleagues at the National Speakers Association, Jeannie Robertson. Oh, yeah. Who I just love Greatest Jeannie. She she is a treasure. And if you guys are not familiar with Jeannie Robertson, please do yourself a favor and go s- subscribe to her YouTube channel. Oh, Six foot two, thick Southern accent, well into her 70s. And this lady is funny. Hilarious. Because she does exactly that. She plays with the pain. And I heard Jeannie say this a number of years ago. Uh, she was giving a, a training on using humor in your presentation. And she, she 
said this phrase, which I put in my notes, find the funny. Mm. I know you're familiar with this concept. Find the funny. And sometimes you have to look a little bit because you feel the pain. Right. But can you find the funny? That's right. I mean, there, there's an old in comedy writing. Uh, there's an old adage that's comedy. plus. I mean, pain plus time equals comedy. And uh, uh, I, I think, well, maybe making joy my default mode is shortening the distance between the time in between. If the I can block, required, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I can get there quicker and I can begin to see uh, I can choose amusement over anger for a lot of the things that make us stressed and erode our joy and our positive mindset because we're getting frustrated and I can make more of a habit of finding the fun. You know, my wife and I, uh, we just celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. And if somebody ever asked, what is it that, what's the secret? I think, you know, we argue, we have all the ups and downs. We've had uh, highs and lows in my business, but we find the funny. We sometimes takes a while to get there, but we're pr usually pretty quick, pretty quickly when we get into a frustration, when something is not going right, when we're uh, the travel uh, issues, we're thinking about this is a story, right? Because yes. this is what I'm going to tell. Nobody is interested in hearing about your vacation. We went and the weather was perfect and the traffic was light and it was gorgeous. And we had beautiful meals every night. Everything went swimmingly and we got home exactly when we planned. I'm like, well, that was dull, right? <laughs> Even though that's, be it's a lousy one to hear about. <laughs> that's probably what you hope for, for your yeah. own trip. But really, it doesn't make a very good story. I think that's one of the keys to finding the funny. Dave, when we come back from this break, I would love to get into more of the practical aspect of how we play with our pain, how we find the funny. I know you've got some good ideas for us. Folks, this is Dave Caperton today at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Dave Caperton today at Live On Purpose Radio. Speaking of joy, and that's your business name, right? Yeah, that's it. That's beautiful. I also like the title of your book, Happiness is a Funny Thing. <laughs> <laughs> It ties into what we've discussed already, but there's, it, there's something to that. 
Happiness is a funny thing. I think that that brings in what we discussed in the first half about how humor is a tool. It's not just mm -hmm. a toy. It's a tool that you can use on purpose very skillfully to craft something beautiful. Uh, using that tool. Be careful because tools are dangerous. Yes, they have sharp edges. <laughs> if not used properly. And we've all heard those humorists who, who use humor in a, it's almost a destructive way sometimes. Right. right. Yeah, those who attack and those who uh, uh, they, they ridicule. Uh, we see cynical uh, humor, sarcastic humor, mm -hmm. which just uh, almost universally does harm. Right. So the safest suggestion is always start here. With yourself. I, I cannot offend others by poking fun at me. You know, it's almost impossible to offend someone else by poking fun at myself. Right. Not I mean unless I'm doing something that's like, look, I'm yes. making fun of my uh, you know, some physical attribute or something. And it's it's harmful to the to a group of people who say, you know, uh, that's that's not very healthy to just make fun of your body. But I think when you're poking fun at your your stumbles, your failures, uh, those are moments when we can allow other people in and say, hey, go ahead and laugh, right? Um, yes. Okay. Well, there's a distinction here that I think is important, Dave, and I'm, I'm hearing it within what you're suggesting here. When we're poking fun and starting with ourselves, we're not beating ourselves up. We're not doing this in a cruel or unkind way. Right. I think it gets back to what you said in the first half of our show here today about you, you're playing with the mm -hmm. pain. Uh, but we don't use that as an excuse to beat ourselves up or or do something that's unkind. We're simply playing with our pain. You know, somebody who does this really well, um, Jenny Roper, and there's a .com for that, J-E-N-I-R-O-P-E-R, I believe, .com. Jenny wrote a book called Wiggle Room. And uh, she suffered anoxia at birth for uh, over a half hour. She couldn't breathe. And it left her with some permanent uh, brain issues, including cerebral palsy. And so she wiggles a lot. Mm -hmm. Her book is called Wiggle Room. And she plays with it because it brings up some hilarious situations for her. She's not doing this in a way that demeans who she is or, or the struggles and the real challenges that she faces. But she's playing with her pain. And, and as you said, that gives people around her an opportunity to, to be free, mm -hmm. to maybe take a, a more playful look at their own. Yeah. Because I mean, it almost gives permission. It is that playfulness, though. I mean, it is. You're, you're right. I mean, it, I can be self-deprecating. Uh, and everyone knows that, look, it's not because I have low self-esteem or I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm no good. I'm not worth uh, but when I can, no. I can play with some of my little embarrassments and, and, and failures uh, and uh, what other people, you know, may notice. And I say, you know, I, I recognize that about myself as well. Um, right. I mean, all humor right. comes from two places. It comes from recognition and uh, surprise. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think what, you know, what she is doing is saying, look, I recognize too that this is 
something that you're noticing. So I'm going right. to just put it in the foreground and say, I, don't, I am not afraid to talk about it playfully. And then all of a sudden, we're beyond this difference into something where we've made a connection through humor that totally transcends and gets that out of the way. Right? Yes. She's not doing it to draw attention to it. She's doing it to transcend it, to, to get past it. Right. So we'll talk about it. You'll laugh. And then I'll take you to some place where you can see me as a person instead of just this one thing about me. Um, right. And that's part of the skill of using humor. Right? You know, I, I work with a lot of folks in, in senior uh, services and uh, caregivers sometimes or people who are in assisted living uh, directors. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're at memory care units. And uh, the truth is they, everyone to a person wants the folks that they serve, their residents, to be, to enjoy all the dignity uh, of the life that they, you know, every one of us deserves. Um, but part of their way of coping is to realize, you know, there are certainly uh, moments in this that, Humor helps you uh, cope with what sometimes is difficult to see in, uh, you know, the decline of people that we love. Um, and so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, humor just, it has to be used in a way that's, that's, that is compassionate on the one hand um, and inclusive on the other. I think that's, uh, those are kind of the watchwords for me. Is it compassionate? Is it inclusive? If you've got those two, that's healing, right? Yes. And and then you can acknowledge, I guess, the universality of certain experiences because we all have weakness. Yes. We all have challenges. We all have pain. And that doesn't mean anything about you. So uh, it's not a characterological thing. It is simply... Here's part of our human experience. Welcome to Earth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I understand sometimes when I'm talking to folks in leadership. Uh, yeah. And I'm saying, hey, we need to bring some more fun and some of the funny to the workplace. Um, and it needs to start from the top down. And the hesitancy mm-hmm. sometimes among people who are in leadership roles is, well, won't that undermine my authority? Won't that uh, destroy some respect if uh, I allow people to have a laugh sometimes at my expense? And then I'm happy to share research, but I, I think all you have to do is ask someone, what we really are looking for is, can we trust you? And when I can be vulnerable enough to say, you know, this happened to me, uh, or this is an imperfection of mine, and... Uh, I allow you to laugh at it because I'm laughing too. I'm playing with it. It doesn't undermine. It enhances trust and respect. Because that's somebody I know is confident enough to share some of their moments of weakness and uh, imperfection. There's there's a, a healing quality to the humor. And we've talked about how that hits us personally You've expanded this also, Dave, into showing and illustrating as you work with companies, for example, that this makes a difference in the workplace as well, because we're all human beings. 
we're interacting with each other. And yes, we have a job to do and there are quotas and expectations and yada, yada, yada. But these are real people Mm -hmm. who are engaged in this, this process. And so uh, I'm hearing really clearly from you, this is important in the workplace as well. It is, right, because we have to humanize the workplace. Uh, the workplace is broken. I mean, let's just face it. We hear all the grim statistics about how disengaged uh, folks are and and uh, how uh, little trust there is in institutions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we've seen the erosion of our trust in almost any institution you can think of. Uh, but that's okay because what remains is the relational uh, trust. What remains is person to person. I may not trust the mega corporation I work for, but I may have great trust in the manager of my department who uh, I know really does care about me, who communicates clearly, who recognizes uh, me uh, and uh, I, I, includes me in, in, in the loop. Uh, I know I can trust this person, right? So it's that relationship that we have. And I think we have to overcome, uh, for years the model was, uh, it's a transaction, right? Uh, I don't know if you were a fan of Mad Men. Um, in Mad Men, there's a scene between Don Draper and Peggy, and Peggy has, she's upset because he's gotten an award for creative work that was hers. And he tells her, uh, that's the job. I, I give you money, you give me ideas. That's how it works. Now, if you watch that on YouTube, you want look up that clip. It's interesting to read the thread down below it because there are people going, yes, Don, exactly. It's, you gave her money. That's what she, she says, because you never even say thank you. And he blows up at her. He says, that's what the money is for. And the people who are yeah. here hearing that, Many of them, I'm thinking, I hope you're not a boss. (laughs) Because what that shows is you're saying it's a transaction. And a transaction is great. We engage in transactions all the time. But at the heart of every transaction is what? I want to give you the least I can possibly give you for the most I can possibly get. That is not the way to optimize the performance of a talented team, right? That's the way to get them to be creative and how little they can give you and still get the most that they can get. Right. But when they have trust and when they have a connection and when, uh, and you can see that laughter in the workplace is an indicator. It's that canary in the coal mine. If everybody's grim and serious all the time, you're probably not getting the best out of your people. Um, right. Uh, and, and you risk losing it because the truth is we know that right now we're in a tight uh, market and I remember reading an article in the Harvard Business Review that said, uh, here's the sad thing. Whenever the market is tight, uh, you lose your star people first. The best talent has the most options. They hit the door first. So it's really important for us to find ways to give them what they need. The recognition, the inclusion, and to know that they're cared about. And that happens. And the indicator of that, I think, is, hey, are people smiling? Right. Yes. Are there conversations? Are there personal relationships here? Are people having friendships here that are real? Uh, are they laughing? If I'm listening in the hallways. I don't hear any laughter. Uh, if we're, if we're not having fun, we're doing it wrong. Exactly. We're right yeah. back to that, Dr. Paul. 
Dave, this is this is so spot on. I mean, we're we're people, we're human beings. You've written a book, Happiness is a Funny Thing. You're also coming out with a new ebook that will be available probably by the time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, tell us about that and also how people can connect with you if they if they want to bring some of this into their organization. Where do they go? Okay. Well, the ebook is called 30 Days to a Happier Workplace. And it's a month oh, of happy ideas to create exactly uh, what we're talking about. And if you're thinking, wait a minute, Dave, I'm not funny. So how is this going to work for me? Humor isn't just making people laugh. I think what's always more important than being funny is bringing in the fun, right? The first part of that word is the most important part. Can yes. you make it more fun? Can you lighten the mood? Can we get people connected in, uh, in positive ways? And so uh, this little book is just to kind of give you some simple ideas. Then there's one for every day. Here's a month's worth to get you started. You'll get, uh, I'm sure you'll come up with more on your own as you see the result that you begin to get, as you come down to the really the three needs that every time you read an uh, employer, what do employees want? You come down to the same three things. And the three things are to be recognized, to be included, and to feel cared about. How much do any of those things cost? Nothing. But they take a tremendous investment right. in attention, in intentionality, right? Uh, and in proactive uh, culture creation that says, this right. is a place where we want your best. And so we're going to treat you uh, in a way that shows you that we believe you have value. Beautiful. And where do we get that? How do we connect? Okay. Uh, my, please visit my website, DaveCaperton.com or speakingofjoy.com. If that's easier for you to remember, that will get you there as well. Uh, so speakingofjoy.com will, will take you there and there will be a download where you can just get your free download of there it uh, is. Uh, 30 days to a happier workplace and get started. And then when you say, wow, this is a great start, uh, we need more, then call me and I'll come in and <laughs> you're happy to help because that's I am what happy you to help. That's DaveCaperton.com, C-A-P-E-R-T-O-N is how you spell that last name, or speakingofjoy.com, that'll take you there as well. Dave, thank you so much for your contributions here today at Live On Purpose Radio. It's been a joy to talk to you. Hey, it is a joy, and I really do appreciate it, uh, Dr. Paul. And I appreciate the work that you're doing uh, to make uh, positivity, to raise the profile this is what we need. And uh, we're going to get our best when we are uh, at our best. Absolutely. Folks, you've heard it from Dave Caperton today here at Live On Purpose Radio. It's time now for all of us to go live on purpose. Purpose.